Today, I have on the most amazing guest. When I did the pre-interview, I swear I must have sworn and said curse words 300 times because I just couldn't get over. Her story was so outstanding, amazing, cutting edge, just different. And so I'm super excited for you guys to hear her story today. So let's do this. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willis. Today, we are going to go deep changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. So I'm so excited to have Paloma Lopez here today with me. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your amazing story that I have been having to live with for a month without telling, and I'm so happy you're finally here to tell it. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. You're the first person who I've told this story to that doesn't think I'm a crazy person. So it's been with me too. (laughs) And and I, so everyone knows that I always do pre-interviews before just to kind of get a vibe of where we're headed and what series we should end up in. And I had no idea that you were going (laughs) to tell me the COVID story that you were going to share because yours is kind of a COVID story-ish. Yeah, it, it helped me complete it, I guess. Right. So when we first started talking, you're like, I work for a tech company. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm also like in your area, in the Chicagoland area, blah, 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 blah. And tell everyone <laughs> what, okay, <laughs> tell, tell us how, so, so it started out, you're working, you're in HR and, and go. Yeah. So I'm working, I'm in HR at a tech company, like you had said. So definitely a very male dominated company industry and all of that stuff got pregnant and didn't really say anything to anyone. And then COVID happened. So that kind of allowed me to, to keep that hidden from my work life. I mean, honestly, some people probably still don't even know, or they don't know until now. I did tell my boss, but even that was very COVID related and it was sooner than I had planned. We were doing some layoffs and I I couldn't sit there and, and go through each person with him and not say, by the way, at the time I was planning on taking a full maternity leave. So you probably should know this if that's going to affect any decisions there too, because that wouldn't have been fair to the rest of the company. So when you first found out you're pregnant, were you kind of like in that, okay, I'm waiting three months before I tell anyone kind of energy when you were still physically going into the office? You're like, I'm not telling anyone because I want to wait three months. And that's very normal. And that's very, you know, in line with so many other women. I think I was very much like, I'm not going to tell anyone until I have to tell anyone. Why? I just didn't want to... And I'm not saying this is about anyone at my company or that people do this necessarily. It was just kind of something that I've observed and maybe have been guilty of too. I didn't want to be written off for different opportunities because I was pregnant. And that was in the beginning or like you were just kind of still figuring out when I was trying to be pregnant, that was part of my plan. Like I was just not going to say anything until I had to. I mean, we all assumed that life would be normal. And at a certain point I couldn't hide it anymore. So however, yeah, (laughs) however, however, comma COVID (laughs) happened, sent your butt packing out of the office. Yeah. And so you went from pre-pregnancy, man, I want to have a baby, 
but I really don't want to become a statistic or a quote pregnant woman who's yeah. sidelined. And then it was okay. I'm not ready to tell anyone yet. And now we're going to be sent home. And now your boobs up, your yeah. waist up, your pants exactly. doesn't matter. Up. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so it's, it's a chest up moment. And so you're doing your calls. What's going through your head that I just don't want to tell anyone still. It was was just that. It was just every day I didn't want to say anything. And then all of a sudden I was working on Wednesday knowing I'm getting induced on Friday. So it just kind of blew by. And I know that happened to everyone in COVID because every day was exactly the same. Groundhog day. (laughs) still is, I guess. Right, Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I felt like it was very obvious. There were times when I was even bouncing on a medicine ball, but you know, I guess if you're not expecting it, then. Right. Like who's going to assume that Yeah, yeah. (laughs) she's doing this because she's pregnant. I mean, no Mm -hmm. one's going there. Yeah. And did your husband know you weren't telling work? Was this like a choice or is this the snowball running down the hill that it's just like, I'm not going to bring it up now. I mean, shit, I'm eight months pregnant. I'm nine months pregnant. I'm not going to bring it up. Or was this a conscious concerted effort of, I don't want anyone to know still. It definitely, I mean, I eventually told the people who I worked very closely with, but you know, in terms of our executive team or our investors, like I didn't want them to know. And, and there have been women who were pregnant and, you know, for some of them, it was great. And others, it didn't turn out so well. So I just didn't want to give anyone the opportunity to write me off and myself too. I didn't want to be complaining about being pregnant at work and, you know, having excuses for not meeting my deadlines or being late for a meeting or whatever it may be. Like, sure. I use that as an excuse plenty of times in my personal life, but I just didn't want it on any side of the equation as a scapegoat, I guess. Yeah. And this, so when we were talking during the pre-interview and it just sat with me. I mean, this isn't for everyone. No. I mean, clearly this, this is your story and we're not trying to tell anyone that's out there that anyone should be doing this or this is the right or wrong no. way. It's just so interesting because I had never really fully, because as a wife, as a mom, as a pregnant woman, that is such a huge definition of who we are. You know what I mean? Like as a woman, it just becomes, you're a mom. You're, oh, you're a mother of four. Instantly. There's what a mother of four looks like. She's busy. She's constantly cooking. Can't drink her coffee. She can't brush her hair. Like it's crazy. Exactly. And there's a shelf and there's the drawer that we put mother of four, mother of two, single mom, you know, mother of one child, triplet mom. We all know what that painted picture that the world has created by way of stories or social media or whatever, by way of people we know and what that includes. And you took that from everybody. (laughs) No one was allowed to define you. And it's so intriguing to me. I didn't even realize it was that big of a thing. (laughs) So you met me. (laughs) Well, no, even until I became a mom and all of a sudden everything was like mom friend, mom tip, mom that. And I'm like, aren't they just life tips? Like I still, one of my best friends had a baby, you know, relatively close to me. And all of a sudden now we're mom friends. We were talking about probiotics yesterday and she's like, thanks for the mom tip. And I was like, that is a life tip. I don't know what, why it has to have a label, you know, Mm -hmm. prior to this, I wasn't daughter Paloma. (laughs) 
it, it's just, it's so weird to me. And I think part of it, honestly, is like, obviously I knew subconsciously that this was just kind of what society has created. And maybe I was really afraid of that. I kept being like, am I going to turn into a completely different person? Even, you know, I love my dogs so much. And everyone was like, you're not going to care about them when the baby comes. And I was like, what do you mean? And I, so I just didn't, I didn't want to give into it maybe. And yeah. now kind of being even a mom fully, I embrace it. It's part of who I am, but I still don't want that to be the only thing that I am. And some people still don't know I have a kid and he's so cute and he's so fun. And especially now he's all I do for fun, but he's not my entire being, you know? It's just marvelous. I mean, when I talk to you, I just swim in the autonomy of not being judged, labeled, defined by anything. And I actually, I just ended a phone call with someone and I was talking about when my, my second husband and I had gotten married and, you know, I went from being the single mom making $12 an hour, right. To my husband being the vice president of the Philadelphia Flyers NHL hockey team. And I'm getting whisked in the side door and up into a suite and all the food for free and front row seats And I was just making $12 an hour, barely making ends meet as a single mom five minutes ago. Clearly, this is why I married my husband. Just kidding. (laughs) And and so we, we were living this life for six years. And then one day it's gone. Yeah. And now I'm like, holy shit. I've I don't know who I am anymore because I believed the bullshit. I believe that I was Jim's wife and I was a part Mm -hmm. of this, you know, whatever. And none of that's true. Like. None of what I own is true. You know, it, it, you're not, you're, you're not a mom. You're not a wife. You're still Paloma. You're still Meredith. And I think that as I'm saying this, it's so interesting because I think as women, we get bogged down by all these existential yeah. attachments and definitions. And then also then now we are this child's mom. And so they have to succeed to 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 buff up our ego they're an extension of who we are but that's unfair to them too you totally. know such a slippery slope you see it time and time again and then kids have identity crises that you know when they're teenagers or in their early 20s and it's yeah it's I mean scary. it's unbelievable yeah and I mean so now it's Wednesday and you're scheduling your to be induced yeah you're still not telling anyone. And now we've had the baby. How much time did you take off? So (laughs) I was planning on taking time. I thought maybe a month and then I would start checking emails or whatever it may be. My baby actually ended up going to the NACU for two weeks, which was very scary and very stressful, but also kind of comforting in a way because we got a crash course from the nurses and I got to, because of COVID, only one of us could stay overnight. So my husband ended up staying with him. I got a full night's sleep. And I think everyone knows that newborns do sleep a lot. So I was able to jump on email and kind of answer a few questions. And I mean, I even, I didn't even say anything. My away message was like, I'm on, you know, I'm out of office. If you need anything, contact this one person or I would respond. So I kind of gave myself the option to do either Mm -hmm. And then just the way everything was playing out and how I was feeling, I just kind of jumped right back into work. It it was not full-time by any means, but still kind of having my finger on the pulse a little bit. Yeah. And 
what you said was so jarring that you had watched someone have a baby, you know, like in your office, not yeah. physically, but right. someone, a woman had had a baby and it was career changing. It was life changing. It was v- viewing her changing. It was interacting with her changing. And then on the other side of the rooms, tech, you know, so to speak, were four yeah. men who also had a baby. Nothing. And nothing changed. Nothing changed. And if they messed up, they would get in trouble. It wasn't, oh, it's okay. And, you know, I understand that everyone has a completely different experience with pregnancy, with delivery, with being a new mom, but it's not fair. I mean, and that's, you know, a whole other conversation is kind of justice for dads. I feel like, you know, there are men who are truly 50, 50. And I feel like I have that even during the week, he probably carries more of the load, Mm -hmm. but that's like one in a million. It's absolutely not expected that men do anything. So and that is it's just so, so strange to me. Cause my dad was always sometimes a little more involved in my life than my mom was. And, you know, just in terms of driving me around, taking me to every activity. And I just never, I never understood this stuff. And I think this is part of growing up. You're just so siloed in your own experience. You don't kind of realize what everything's happening around you. And you don't realize what's being kind of molded in your brain without, any experience at all, you know, so it, this whole thing has been just crazy to me. So, and you said, you said your mom was like a really super hard worker. Remind me. Super of hard worker. Yeah. yeah. So my mom is from Peru mm-hmm. and she grew up, I mean, it's third world country and she was definitely suffering, not suffering, but you know, she was experiencing what people can expect there, worked her way through college by herself through scholarships and everything. Got a job at an engineering firm where she met my dad and then came here, had me and, you know, education was always the most important thing. The other thing with my mom too, is she left her entire family to come here with my dad and then have me. And I watched, or now I know as an adult, like I was her entire life. I was her best friend. I was her hobby. I was everything, which I'm so appreciative of now, but that must've been so hard for her too. Cause there were times, especially when I was a teenager where I wasn't very nice. And she must've been like, I gave up my entire life identity for you. Are you kidding? (laughs) And, and I just remember you, we were talking, it was like, I don't want to throw away all of that I've worked for, that my parents have worked for, that yeah. this whole situation of be, coming here and, and sacrificing everything. And then I get pregnant and then I get siloed. And what you were saying about, or what you're saying about the woman is siloed by coworkers, but also by way of herself. So yeah. talk about that. Cause I thought that was so intriguing to me. Yeah. And this is where I w- I'm a little nervous about talking about it because right. I feel like no one does, but it's just something very crazy that I've noticed. And it's all of a sudden you have a baby and you can't drink a cup of coffee or you can't remember, you know, to call someone back. And it's, it's all of these things. And I don't know if it's the current culture because there's no, I can't be the only person who's like, I'm okay. Like I got this, you know, and I know there are people who are struggling, but it's very much kids are, I'm noticing so much used as an excuse. And then we're asking from support for mom's group or mom friends or whatever. And whenever you offer support, they're like, no, 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 I don't actually want that. I just want to keep complaining and make sure that you also complain and 
all of this stuff. It, it, it's it's so weird because I'm in a mom's group because I have no friends in Chicago who have kids and I had no idea what I was getting into. And everyone's talking about sleep, 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 sleep. And, you know, kind of the blessing of NICU kids, everyone says is they get put on a schedule and they're just amazing sleepers. <laughs> so at six weeks, I had a baby sleeping through the night and it was amazing. And everyone's complaining. So I'm like, okay, well, we do this, we do that. And one time someone was like, you're just being a little too rigid. Schedules are too much. Like maybe you should stop giving advice. And I was like, okay. And I'm just watching the rest of the conversation go and go. We just want to complain about it. They're just, they're not even having a conversation. They're just, everyone's just complaining and stuff. And maybe that's what it's for. And I just didn't get the memo and it's just more about venting, but I don't know why it has to be like that. Yeah. What I thought was so interesting and I'm pretty sure that there's going to be the spectrum of babies, the spectrum of babies who are colic and never sleep. There's a spectrum of babies who sleep the first day they come home. There's moms who have postpartum depression. There's moms who, you know, have zero help, a husband that doesn't help trying to figure this out. So we are not talking to anyone in particular. This conversation is not to anyone in particular. This is to take an interesting perspective and to look at it through a completely new lens of not allowing where you're at on the planet to define you in any way, shape or form by way of your own self. So not only do we not want our coworkers to silo us and go, oh, that's okay. Just come in at 11. And then all of a sudden you're coming in at 11 and you really didn't have any plans of it anyways, but somehow now you're coming in at 11 and it kind of cripples you away. So the crippling by way of others, but also the crippling by way of self. Yeah. And I saw this recently in a friend who was sick and they had like an illness, but it was kind of like a low underlying illness for like seven years and never told anybody about it because they didn't want the illness to change the way people treated them, to change the way they were seen as being strong and vivacious and capable and healthy and smart and interesting. They didn't want to become their illness. I mean, you hear that all the time. We're talking about COVID too. How many people lost their jobs and didn't want to say anything? How many people, you know, foreclosed on their house or whatever it may be. And they, they didn't want to be defined by that. They still wanted to be whoever they were or, or, you know, work towards being themselves again. But for some reason, when it comes to motherhood, it's like, nah, I'm good to stop here. Or everyone applaud me from doing what I was doing before. And I get it. It's, there's a lot going on and it is hard, but I just feel like I've noticed this is kind of one of the only life experiences or categories that I've been put in that it was like, okay, everything else kind of stops here. And this is, this is all you're about now. The new you. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. And and it's almost like, and I don't want to say it's a crutch, but it's definitely can be a kickstand. It yeah. definitely can be this thing that you can always kind of turn to, which is so interesting because I, you know, I mean, I, my oldest is going to be 25. My youngest is nine oh and on and off. I've pretty much been a stay at home mom ish for, you know, 25 years. And I would never have thought to get a full-time career ever. Because how would my husband be able to go to work every day? 
How would my husband be able to go on work trips? Who's going to watch the kids? I am the default. And I think it's so interesting when you take all of that away and you just have to figure it out. And now you guys are both truly equals because he can't say, well, they know you have a baby. Just stay home. (laughs) You know, the kickstand, the, the training wheels are off. You're back on the road. And just to figure it out, like, Hey, we both have to figure it out. We are both in the same boat that we were in seven months ago, 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. We both are equally responsible because you're not going to default me as, well, just, you know, take the day off. They know that, I mean, the baby has a fever. It's fine. You take off. That's so funny because I had never realized that until you just said that right now. I was like, oh, it's just because we talked about it so much before I got pregnant that that's what I expected. But yeah, I mean, maybe that is a huge part of it. Yeah. It's like he can't, the world can't, no, it's so, and I just think it's so completely a new way of thinking. And that's what I want people to take. Cause this, this series that we're in now is the women in business series. And it's mm-hmm. so amazing to me, the way that you, I think very interestingly, you took it from yourself. You weren't going to cut yourself off at the knees and go, you just said, I am the same woman that I was 12 months ago, nine Mm -hmm. months ago. And I am not going to find any reason why is to not show up today. I can do this. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, if you don't believe in yourself, who will, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just so cool. And I love the way I, I, I love the, this way of thinking this way of, because like you said, no one even realizes they're doing this, be be it HR, be it the owners, be it the bosses, be it the coworkers, be it yourself, be it your husband. None of us even realize we're doing this because it's just our society. Yeah. I've done it. I know for a fact I've done it and that's so unfair, but you just have to kind of actively, I guess, take away that power from anyone, including yourself. And you yeah. And, and yes, baby, whatever it is, you know, and you think of it like, well, I'm just, you know, explaining what's happening in my life, which, yes, we do have to sometimes explain. But if you think about so many other cultures where, you know, Monday, the woman's nine months pregnant, you know, working in the fields, taking care of animals. And, and, you know, like you said, in the third world country, and they're nine months pregnant with a basket on their head, bringing gallons of water, they have the baby. And, you know, a few days later, they're back at it again. It's just so interesting that so many other cultures, and maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong, you know, maybe we should get 25 weeks of maternity leave, like who the hell knows? But I just love the story about how you just didn't define yourself by anything but you. I just think that's brilliant. Well, that's what worked for me though, too. Like I want to make it very clear that I don't think we should (laughs) say like, get back to work, like no maternity (laughs) leave for you. Right. Your body needs to heal. Like, trust me, I definitely did a little more than I should have and I paid the price, but I just feel like, the world is going to not going to make individual plans for you. You have to do it for yourself. And I knew, and obviously things could have changed when I had the baby that happens all the time, but I, I truly believed that I wanted to be a working mom. I still have a lot of career aspirations and goals that I want to hit that have nothing to do with my family. 
And so I didn't want to, I, love it. I, I mean, it's true. No, I just, I love the independent thought. I mean, it's, it's so amazing. Like, I love that you're just like, it has nothing to do with my family. Like, it's just so empowering to hear a woman speak like this because I'm older than you. And, you know, I, I did choose the more of a stay at home mom route. Yeah. And I just always put my husband's dreams and aspirations and career and work ethic and what his responsibilities were, both husbands, 1000% in front of mine. And there yeah. was no alternative. And maybe it's because I didn't see women in my life doing anything but that, you know, whereas you did, you saw a mother who was an engineer who was working. You know, funny thing though, I think this actually came from my dad because really? he was always telling me like, if you want something, you have to work for it. If you're, it wasn't even like, you're really smart. It was like, if that's what you believe, like you have to push for it. Nothing was just kind of just given to me. I had to prove myself. If I wanted to go on a family trip, I had to make a PowerPoint presentation about it. It was so <laughs> stupid and ridiculous then. But I probably will do the same thing with mine, you know? And it just kind of was ingrained in me that I'm my own person. It's and so good. Kind of stay that way. I can add people to my bubble and that just makes it even sweeter and more fun. But it doesn't mean that we're all one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so. So timeline, you had the baby mm -hmm. and the NICU happened, which we both have that in common. My first was yeah. in the NICU for 30 days. It is a whirlwind, but yes, you do get to sleep. So there is that. Uh, and then, so now you're back to work full time. And so is there any conversation? I mean, because we're still in COVID, so you're still uh, home mm -hmm. and no one knows you have a kid. So you're not sitting on Zoom calls with a baby. I'm not, I mean, some people know, so mm -hmm. I won't, I won't pretend that it's been the best kept secret. There have been some cries in the middle of meetings and I can't hide it. Right. But yeah, I, I don't really, I've just recently kind of shown the back of his head on my Instagram. Like I, I'm very, I just want to keep that part separate as, as much as possible. I think yeah. it gets really tricky you know, everyone wants to be friends with their coworkers. And I think that that's amazing, but especially in my position, it's kind of a weird place to be where I can't be too buddy, buddy with anyone. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're HR, I mean, you hire fire and you write people up and that's awkward. It's awkward. So yeah. that's part of it. And it's also, like I said, I just, I, I just want to keep it separate. If, if you actually, you know, are friends with me, you know, that all I do is go to music class on the weekends and like, I'm not going to soul, soul cycle like I used to. And, right. you know, I've made those cuts where I've had to, but those are, I didn't share before with my coworkers if I went to brunch on the weekend with my girlfriends, you know? Right. So it's, it's just kind of the same thing. Well, I, what I loved about it though, too, is the compartmentalization of when you're at work, you're at work. We had talked about when you are at lunch, you're at lunch and you're back with the baby for an hour and then back to work and then you're done. There's none yeah. of this ebbing and flowing and you're never really at work and you're never really at home and you're kind of torn. And I think that when we do kind of start meshing everything, you know, cause, cause now we're in the age of the phone and the iPad and the computer and remote and zoom and all this stuff. And I feel that my husband 
is working from like the minute his eyes open, he picks mm-hmm. the phone up and checks emails and texts. And I'm like, what are you, you know, the bed's moving like this. Cause he's moving his arms to answer emails. I'm like, what are you doing? Over there? I just had to, I just had to email this back real quick. And then we're watching a movie at 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, what are you doing over there? He's like, oh, I'm just texting some, you know, some people back had some questions and it's all weekend. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's not 24 hours a day, but it's damn near 15, you know, to 18 hours a day. There's never, it never, I mean, it never, yeah, yeah, it's never over with. And so this has allowed you or forced you forced me. And I thought it would be the end of the world. And no one seems to even notice or care that I, you know, take a lunch break now. How revolutionary (laughs) that I take an hour in the middle of the day. Are you kidding? But I used to think, oh my God, like they're going to fire me over this. I'm not pulling my weight. I'm not all hands on deck. Okay. If I take a lunch, then I'll work till eight o'clock. And it's, I don't have to do that. I just have to get my stuff done. You know, obviously there are things that are emergencies and I'll be more available for, but I can take that time with the baby too. And I think it's better for him too, that I'm not trying to do everything at once. I love as it. As much as I can. Yeah. Also, we're doing the no screens thing, which is, you know, I thought would be impossible, but it's really made me kind of reevaluate the amount of time I even was just watching mindless TV in the background, you know? Yeah. And I mean, cause I know that, and I, and I, I have clients that I coach with regard to look, answer emails for a block and yeah. then pick your phone up again for one up block, maybe after dinner for like 30 minutes, sit down, knock it out. And then the phone's down because it's that for me, I look at it like there's kids and that this is raising the vibration and then there's work. Now we double the vibration and then mm-hmm. there's a phone call and the dog's barking and you know, Amazon, t- the, the vibration gets so high. But when I look at what you're doing, where you're like, and I'm in and I'm out and yeah. I'm in and I'm out. You're literally managing your energy and where you're putting your energy. And you're not always freaking available to everyone. And you're not a slave to this job. You're not, you know, trying to manage everybody at the same. It's just not possible. We've literally, we've lost our minds in availability. We've lost our mind. It's not possible. But also the funny thing is, it's like, no one actually expects you to do that. We just put these expectations on ourselves. Mm -hmm. I really thought this would be the end of the world by blocking out my calendar for a couple hours a day. And no one even knows. And, you know, I think that's just something else that people need to reevaluate. And it's hard when you're not being forced to, because this is just kind of how it's always been. I feel so bad for teenagers now who grew, I didn't have like cell phones and stuff but they do like, since they're infants, you see these kids with iPads like everywhere. Yeah. So I don't even know how they'll be able to figure it out. Or maybe they'll just go the completely the opposite and rebel against it and just say, live in a van down by the river. (laughs) Literally. They're all going to be living. You can reach me there. I don't know. You know? Yeah. But But yeah, that's kind of been the blessing of figuring out how to block everything out. Yeah. It's, I, I just, when I'm looking at it and I, what I, like I said, what I love about it is it's forced you to reevaluate your time, where your energy is spent, how you're seen, 
the way you present yourself to the world, because we're so available, mm-hmm. you know, we're so available on social media. And I know like, cause I follow you, you know, <laughs> like you said, it's the back of his head or your puppy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're very careful with what you present to the world. You're very careful with your time. Clearly you're very careful with your story and the definition of who you are. I just think it's absolutely genius and it's beautiful i mean and not everyone thinks like you said not everyone thinks what meredith thinks there's been a lot most people you said think it's crazy (laughs) i'm very rigid i am all of these things but i've kind of learned to embrace it i guess and it works for me that's the thing that's i think what this whole conversation is about is just figuring out what works for you and i still care about my career i care about my dogs i care about my baby and my friends but i still care about myself too and I don't want to lose that either. I just think it's so brilliant and such an interesting way for us to kind of look at that. And even, you know, if everyone in the world knows we all have four kids, three kids, two kids, one kid, that doesn't define us. Our illness doesn't define us. Our our relationships don't define us. We define us and our jobs don't define us. And, no. and we need to take back our time. We need to start reevaluating the way we think that we're multitasking and we're not. we're not, you know what I mean? We're, we're just, we're at, we're tasking. I don't even know what the hell we're doing. You know, we're take, take a minute, put the phone down, have a salad, you know, for lunch, spend some time, (laughs) you know, eat dinner without the pads and the phones and the distractions, watch them go back to watching a movie without your phone in your hands, you know, like really kind of you're, because you're doing what no one else has done that I know of, you know, I'm sure some people, but whatever. And, and I think we need to look at it, if nothing else, as a very interesting model of what's mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. A very interesting model of what's possible and, and the way we are defining ourselves and the way we are letting ourselves cut ourselves off at the kneecap and taking our power away because of whatever and letting other people define us. And I just think that it's such it's you, you, you ever see where they have like there's two twins and one goes to live with that family <laughs> and one goes to live with that family. And then they find them like 30 years later and they see how much they're alike. But it could have never happened if we would have made it happen because it would have been illegal. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of like one of those, you've done this kind of interesting work by way of just the fact that your life is your life. And I hope that people that are listening get something beautiful from understanding that we have so much more control over our life and the way that we are seen and present and we experience life and the way we manage our time than we even realize. Because I think a lot of times in 2021 and where we find ourselves, it's like the snowball's rolling down the hill. Oh, yeah. It's, it's cr- rolling down the hill. We have no control. It's crazy. But, but you do. do. But we do. But we do. Like I said, no one's going to do something for you. No one cares enough about your life more than you do. So, you know, actually do something about it. And yeah, I have help. Like I really do. I trust me. I wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for a good partner. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to make sure whatever, if it's the no screens, if it's just quality time with the baby and he knows like, yes, I have a job, but he's also very loved. That's kind of a constant motivation too, to make sure I'm sticking to what. I decided was best for me. Yeah. It's so amazing. Well, I so appreciate you coming here because I know it's scary, you know, like 
you put your story out there and it sometimes you can feel like you're trying to tell people what to do. And we're, no. you're, we've said it a hundred times. You're not, <laughs> we're just sharing a different way of doing something. We all do things different ways. And this is an amazing way. And I just loved it. Cause I love not being defined by someone else. Like I had breast cancer two years ago. It's part of my story. It's not who I am you know, I'm vivacious, I'm healthy, you know, whatever. I'm moving on with my life. Don't look at me, you know, and ask me every time you see me, oh, did you have, you know, how's the chemo? It's like, holy shit, it's been two years. I'm not that person, you know, and I didn't even have chemo. And so I, I just love the story. And I so appreciate you sharing this, this just snippet into someone's life yeah. that you've kept so private, but I appreciate you telling all the women and men that are listening. And so that maybe they can take a piece of it and implement it or just see somebody differently or not, you know, malign a woman who's pregnant or a man who just had a baby and, or whatever, just like start really seeing the world in a, in a new way. I think that, I think that you're brilliant. And I, I hope that all of your friends see you the way I see you. Cause I just think you're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I just want to say like, it's, it's hard when everyone's telling you to do the opposite yeah. and you shouldn't listen to it. You know, what's best for you. And I am the happiest I have ever been honestly. Yeah. And I think it's because I'm finally fully in control of everything. Obviously, the cute baby adds to it, but that really has to be what it is. Yeah, it's so good. Well, thank you so much, Paloma Lopez, thank for you. telling us your amazing story. And I hope you people out there listening get some really great pointers from her. And maybe I'll run into you or we'll brunch somewhere yes. together That's in Chicago great. and COVID lifts. And But thank you so much for being here and sharing with all these people your amazing story. And I'll see you around town. Yes. Thank you for making this a safe place too. Of course. Thanks, hon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.